Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. We are into the Nito ATP Finals. I'm going to just straight up apologize right now. A busy, busy weekend. I didn't get a pot out before the ATP Finals began, but we're only one match in for everybody into the Nito ATP Finals, so we're going to do this now and we're going to talk about it. So, yeah, there were some winners, there were some losers, but really, you can lose in the ATP Finals and still make your way out. What are the Nito ATP Finals? I know there's people that listen to this podcast that have yet to discover exactly what happens in the tennis world. I get it's confusing. I get it's not always um, the easiest sport to cover. However, I'm going to try to explain this as best I can. So it gives you a little insight into what happens this time of year in tennis. Okay, the Needle ATP Finals or the year-end finals happen at the very end of the season. And the Davis Cup is kind of going on right now, but everything else is really over. Okay, there's a couple smaller tournaments, but the big, big tournaments for the big players those are pretty much done. So what the Nito ATP Finals are is eight players and eight doubles teams, and we're gonna just going to go singles. The eight singles players are the eight that have had the best year to this point. So that is the eight players that have the most points, the top eight players in the world. And a lot of players, their goal is to just make the year-end finals because what that means is, you know how... Let me put it this way. You collect points all season, and when that year comes up, your points reduce. So, like, let's say you win the U.S. Open. When you get to the U.S. Open the next year, you are trying to make up all the points that you won at the U.S. Open the year before. So, if you win the U.S. Open one year and then lose in the first round, your ranking is going to drop because you lose a lot of points from the last year, okay, if that makes sense. So, the year-end finals means you just had a really, really good year. In this case, this year, there's, you know, you look at like Alcaraz and Djokovic who had really, really good years, but they were like really, really good in the Grand Slams and all the big tournaments. Sometimes you'll get someone who played a lot of smaller tournaments and did well in the Grand Slams, but did really well in all the smaller tournaments and made their way into the ATP finals that way. This year, it's a really good group. And uh, Alexander Sverev earlier this year, said his goal, his whole goal for 2023 was to make the year-end finals here, the ATP finals, because he got hurt last year. And for him to make the ATP finals this year means he would have a really good year for this season. Most importantly, a more consistent year. He would consistently play really, really well and be in the top eight at the end of the year. So he did make the year-end finals. Let's get right into it. This is what the ATP finals are. It's a round-robin bracket, and then the best record out of each round-robin, they make a semifinal, and they play the runner-up of the following round-robin. And then it got, there's like a final four, and then they play to see who wins the year in finals. This doesn't always go towards the best player, right? Djokovic uh, is number one in the world right now. It doesn't always go to them. You always think like, oh, 
it's a smaller tournament. They can win it. They will because they're the number one player in the world. This is really a good mixture of the best players because you play around Robin against the best players in the world, and then you have to play, you know, a semi and a final. So it's not always the best player in the world wins this. You know, Sitsipas has won it. Sverev's won it. Uh, Medvedev's won it. It's not always just going to be like, oh, Djokovic, best player in the world. He's going to win this. Where Grand Slam or a tournament, they're going to be the best player there, and they'll get an easier route to the final. Here, it doesn't matter. You're playing a top eight player every day until the until you're done. So it's a really good tournament. I really look forward to it every year because of the competition and how high it is. This year, it's in Turin, Italy. It's been there for a year or so. It's been there for a couple of years, I think. I think it used to be in London at the O2, but it is in Turin in the Torino, I believe they call it, and it's a race to Turin, and Turin is finally here. Let's get to it. So let's look at the groups that are in Turin this year. When you look at one group, it is Stefano Tsitsipas, Holger Runa, Yannick Sinner, and Novak Djokovic. When you look at the other group, it is Carlos Alcaraz, Andrei Rublev, Daniil Medvedev, and Alexander Zverev. What group is harder? I don't know. I really don't. I would say maybe the Alcaraz group. Alcaraz, Rublev, Daniil Medvedev, and Alexander Zverev. All those guys. Really, really good. Uh, obviously, the other guys are really good, but I think Runa brings it down the level of the other group, and also Stefano Tsitsipas brings that down a little bit. Yannick Sinner, Novak Djokovic, obviously the highlighters there. But those two Russians together with Alexander Zverev and Carlos Alcaraz, that's a power group. Those are the groups. Uh, there's really not a whole lot else to talk about when it comes to the race to turn and what's going on here at the ATP Finals. It's kind of just getting started. They just started the round robin stuff. There's been some great... You know, some great plays that have happened that you can see on Twitter. The best part is, is like, you're going to get those here at this tournament because they play the best players every day, right? You get like a, you get like a good look at what the best players in the world look like when they play consistently together. So that's really fun. Um, here's who's won so far. Sverev has beat Alcaraz. Like I said, you can lose here and still win it. So like Alcaraz already lost, but he can still win it. So Sverev beats Alcaraz, which is a big win for him. Medvedev beats Rublev. And then Yannick Sinner has beat Stefano Tsitsipas, and Novak Djokovic has beat Hogaruna. So it's just best out of three, two out of three sets. Uh, like I said, Always a good tournament. Always fun to watch. The doubles is there as well. There's some good, good doubles players. And you just expect really good tennis. It's just a week of really, really good tennis before the season ends. So who do I think is going to win it? I'm going to be honest with you here. I'm not so sure that I can go with Novak Djokovic or Carlos Alcaraz. I just feel like someone who's not the big three or the big two or the number one seed always wins this. So I'm going to go Alexander Zverev. That's going to be my pick to win the Nito ATP Finals this year. Uh, he plays he plays well on the big stage, and he has been adamant that this is what his goal this year is to make it here, and I think it'd be even more special for him to win it. So I'm going to put Alexander Zverev in the category of winning this year's ATP Finals. Am I going to be right? I guess you're just going to have to watch and find out. But uh, I honestly have no idea because Novak Djokovic is playing outstanding tennis right now. It seems like no one can stop him. I would not be one bit surprised if Novak Djokovic rolled through this whole thing and just kicked everybody's butt. But I can also see someone not the top seed do that. Speaking of Novak Djokovic, for the eighth time in his career, he has ended the year on top of the world. The number one seed in the world, the number one ranking in the world, I should say, Novak Djokovic is him, and it's been the eighth time in his career that he's done that. Just movie stuff here from Novak, right? Like, it's incredible the stuff that he's been doing. Djokovic is unbelievable. Imagine being at the top of your game that many times. I've already explained how the ATP rankings worked earlier in this one. That means for eight times, eight 
years, he has had the best year. Doesn't mean he's won the most Grand Slams. May mean he's been the most consistent and made the most of all the points he's had. Eight times. And that's in the big three era. Novak Djokovic continues to amaze. He, like, that is incredible. So he will be number one when we turn the calendar year. Uh, he got the trophy today in Turin, or I should say, what is this, Monday? He got the he got the trophy on Monday in Turin, and it's always an honor. He seems privileged by it. He seems uh, just as excited now as he's ever been about winning the year-end number one award uh it it's it's not easy like I said it's such a long year and what he's been through the last few years um you know some a lot of it self-inflicted not being not taking the vaccine um which this isn't a vaccine show but him not getting the vaccine he didn't get to play in Australia didn't get to play in the U.S. Open I don't think he played in Wimbledon like he he's kind of been through the ringer um not saying there's a fault there I'm literally just telling you what happened there's been a lot of tournaments he hasn't been able to play in, whether it's in America, Australia, um, anywhere else. He's he's kind of been banned from playing some of those tournaments during during and right after uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic. So what he's been through to get back to the top, and some people say, oh, yeah, he's Djokovic. He's so good. He can do this. Yeah, but it doesn't matter who you are. To get back to the top at his age, I th- sometimes we get so used to it, like LeBron, he's so good. You just got to take a step back and appreciate it and just appreciate greatness, right? Appreciate his greatness. And I think right now I'm trying to just appreciate his greatness and Nadal's greatness next year. And, you know, Federer I did while he was there. So Novak Djokovic, year-end number one, well-deserved. But to me, from what I see from Novak Djokovic, it does not matter that he has won year-end number one eight times. It doesn't matter how many Grand Slams he has. Everything's still personal to him, and he wants to keep breaking records and still being the best tennis player he can be. So I look forward, very much look forward, to what he's going to do next year in 2024, and especially here at the ATP Finals. That's going to end here in about a week or so, I believe. Let's get to a couple tournaments, ATP 250s that happened over the last week, and then we are going to get right into a couple bit of news, and then we're going to get on out of here. Um, Hugo Humbert, Hugo Humbert, I believe is how you say it, has won his hometown tournament, uh, claims his first ATP Tour title since 2021 by winning his hometown tournament in Moselle, the Moselle Open. Um, he won, he beat Shevchenko, 6-3, 6-3, in the title and emotional about it, happy about it, and it looks like he has earned a top 20 debut there in Moselle. So congrats to Hugo Umbert. Uh, always good to see him have success, even if it is a 250. I don't get to say his name very often anymore because I'm not saying he struggled, but uh, there's some, you know, there's other players we got to talk about. Alcaraz, Djokovic, Sverev, it seems like we talk about them all the time, but they're playing the best. So Good on for uh, Hugo Humpert. Then we go on to the Sofia Open in Bulgaria. Lorenzo Musetti, the top seed. Uh, Adrian Manorino, the bottom seed. And Manorino wins this one in the final against Jack Draper. Manorino just seems to stick around, right? Like, you never hear of him, and then he comes in a big tournament, plays really well, and then he plays really well in another tournament. Next thing you know, you go, God, is Manorino a threat again? And it kind of seems like that's just what he does. Adrian Manorino is always a threat, and he's always good. 
he just kind of sneaks up on you when you're not paying attention. So congratulations to Adrian Manorino on winning that tournament. Let's get to some news. Novak Djokovic in Paris. I'm getting back to Novak Djokovic because I have this stat right in front of me. Did you know with his five wins en route to the title in Paris, Novak Djokovic improved his career indoor winning percentage to 80%? That's nuts. Djokovic is the only player in the open era with an 80% or higher career winning percentage on hard, clay, grass, outdoors, and indoors. Dude, what? Novak, what? Let me read that again. Djokovic is the only man in the open era with an 80% or higher career winning percentage on hard, clay, grass, outdoors, and indoors. Dude, Novak, save some wins for the rest of them. That's insane. I hope, like I said, I hope you get a chance to process what Novak is doing because sometimes you might look on here and be like, you're just a big cheerleader on Novak Djokovic. Yeah, but when you got the GOAT playing, you just got to sit back and appreciate it and keep talking about it because one day it's not going to be him and then you guys are going to say, your podcasts are so boring. No one exciting's in the sport of tennis. Yeah, well, I was talking about Djokovic, okay? When Djokovic was the best thing since sliced bread and all you do is talk about Djokovic. I'm not, I haven't had anybody say all you do is talk about Djokovic. I feel like I talk about Djokovic a lot on here, but I'm just letting you know this is why because he is the GOAT, okay? He's the best player and what he's doing at his age is remarkable, and we just have to appreciate it a little bit. You feel me on that? All right, let's move on. Other news. Uh, the Canadian women, not bad. They win the uh, Billie Jean King Cup. And check this out. Ready? Exactly 350 days after Canada's Davis Cup team won the World Championships, the Canadian Billie Jean King Cup team has achieved the same feat, the men and the women. Seems like Canadian tennis is on top of the world. Now on the on the men's side, can we get Shapo to have a good tournament? Can we get Felix Ogielia seem to have a good tournament? How about it? Fellas, not a great year for them. They got a little bit better towards the end. But uh, Canadian women, incredible. Leila Fernandez, uh, great players on that team. Shout out to the Canadian women on winning the Billie Jean King Cup. I think, oh, no, I got to get to this. John Millman, the Australian, has called it a career. He has retired. Congrats to John Millman. Always fun to watch. Always entertaining to listen to on interviews. And he seemed like a really, really good guy for the sport. So hats off to John Millman. Thanks for an incredible career. Thanks for letting us uh, watch it, follow it. It's been a good time. But he's called it a career, and he will be done. It says, I believe, after the Australian summer. So it'll be here in a few months. He'll call it quits, I believe, after the... That means the USO, or the Aussie Open, I believe. So that'll be it for John Millman. Thank you for listening. Um, I just had to get to what I had to get to today. Sorry, it came out a little later than I expected, but uh, we'll get right back to it next week. Sometimes life happens, and you just got to roll roll with the punches and roll with the cards you have been dealt. So appreciate you listening. Watch some tennis this week. I believe Nick Curios is going to be on the broadcast for the Needle ATP Finals, so uh, that's going to be entertaining. I'm looking forward to watching it. You should, too. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.